This is Live Well Talk on Wound Care. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Union Point Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Sometimes wounds do not heal because of underlying disease, which can be diabetes or vascular disease, and also there are other concerns that may prevent a wound from healing, whether it's a combination of uh, body mechanics or infection. These wounds require highly specialized uh, care. And joining me today to discuss this is Dr. Neeti Sharma, Medical Director of St. Luke's Wounded Hyperbaric Center. Welcome. Thank you for having me here, Dr. Arnold. That's my pleasure. Well, you know, I, I, I think a wound on the lower extremity, particularly venous, a venous ulcer, and we'll, we'll talk more about these, but I don't think people appreciate how, what a serious medical condition that is. Uh, that's true. I would agree with you. Sometimes these wounds are just taken as granted. Um, yeah. They just start as a little something, maybe like a little trauma, but the underlying problem is the, some, is the thing that's not letting it heal. So um, clearly, there's uh, reasons why wounds don't heal. Um, the, there, there are a set of wounds which, is, um, which heal the right way, surgically created wounds. Uh, traumatic wounds usually heal okay. Um, but then there is a set of wounds that don't heal properly, and the, the mechanism that's underlying that fails or that stalls somewhere in between. So what you brought up is the venous leg ulcers, and um, there is, uh, if there is a venous insufficiency or the veins in the legs are not working right, then they won't let that wound heal. There will be swelling because of that. There will be disturbed blood flow, and that leads to disturbed oxygenation and perfusion, and the, the wounds don't get the right environment. They don't get um, right nutrients. Um, that creates problems with the healing. Now, at the wound clinic, what, what, what are the type of wounds that are treated there? Uh, we treat all kinds of wounds at our wound healing center um, at St. Luke's. Uh, we take care of acute uh, wounds or um, something, traumatic wounds, um, any kind of burns. If they're extensive burns, we definitely refer them to the university. Uh, but we take care of any surgical complicated wounds if there's infections after surgeries or the wound breaks open for any reason, we take care of them. Um, and then we take care of the chronic wounds, which will include uh, diabetes-related wounds, um, lots of diabetic foot ulcers that we take care of. Again, wounds because of poor circulation, um, arteries problem or vein problem, um, then some atypical wounds or autoimmune wounds, pressure ulcers is a big set uh, that we treat and take care of. So uh, we, we cover pretty much all kinds of wounds. If there is something that's not healing, they should come to the wound clinic. Now, when you approach these wounds, uh, I mean, you've suggested that you look for the underlying condition and reverse that. Uh, once you've addressed that underlying condition, how do you select what sort of dressing to take? And, you know, I'm going to the the old uh, grandma tale that uh, t let the let it let it get to the air and not be covered. I think that if you could comment on that, because I think that's a myth that people pursue uh, when dealing with wounds. That's a great question, and you're absolutely right. I hear that multiple times, pretty much every day in my clinic, um, to air the wounds out. But truly, uh, the wounds need right kind of moisture level and right temperature levels, and then they heal properly if we control other factors, um, other underlying uh, factors to it. 
Um, so to have the wounds in the right moisture level, we don't want them too dry and we don't want them too moist. Um, if the wound is draining excessively, then we'll choose a dressing that will absorb all that drainage and get it on the little bit drier side, but still keep in the right moisture level. But if they are too dry, then we want to put something that will provide hydration and moisture to that wound to get to that right level of moisture for that wound. So leaving it out to air, um, yes, a lot of people do think that that's a good idea, but I, I absolutely don't recommend that. Um, when, when we're cleaning the wounds and uh, they, then if, if they're out in the air for a few minutes, that's okay. But most of the times we want them covered. That prevents infections, that prevents uh, the wounds to dry out too much. Yeah, I, I always think that the patients that saw success with that sort of modality of letting the air get to it probably had a really wet wound and it became close to optimal just by letting it dry out, you know? Yes. And, and then it healed. So they're like, well, you need to let all wounds get to it, which we know is not true. Yes, that's uh, right. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> now, in the dressing world, I know sometimes silver is used. If I'm allergic to silver or nickel, will that, will I have an adverse reaction? Will that irritate my skin? It can. Yes, absolutely. It can. So we are always careful choosing our dressings depending on what allergies you have. Uh, and especially when you have um, wounds, uh, the allergies can get worse. Uh, the skin gets hypersensitive. And if you're allergic to a component that will present, can, can get even worse. So um, yes, in that setting, we'll use some other agent that's, uh, that has antimicrobial properties if we need to and skip silver. Now, I, I know that you're methodical in not only your care that you provide in the hospital, uh, one of the best clinicians on staff, as well as at the wound clinic. But what, there, isn't there like nine steps of healing? Can you tell us about those, that, how you break those down and approach these patients with the chronic wounds? Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I generally like to follow the uh, nine-step rule so that we don't miss things out. And um, so the, the most important thing we need for wounds to heal is blood flow and um, oxygenation. So we want to make sure that we check circulation. It has to be the right setting. It's not that um, we, we will check that for everybody, that, but we look at other medical conditions. And if there is any suspicion that a person can have problems with the circulation, then that's the first thing to check, um, to look at their blood vessels to make sure they're getting enough blood flow around that wound so that um, the healing process starts. Um, then we look at the wound itself and the characteristics of the wound to to see if it if it has like excessive dead tissue to it and excessive bacterial bioburden and those wounds need constant cleaning um, and they need constant what we do debridements um, uh, at the wound clinic um, and we that can be done in several different ways sometimes the dressings itself will help with that sometimes we put medicines to help clean out the wounds and. A lot of times we have to use our medical tools to and surgical tools to help clean out these wounds. Once we control that uh, bacterial bioburden there and we control the dead tissue, clean the wounds out, make sure there is enough oxygenation and blood flow there, we want to make sure we are controlling any infection. Most of the times um, these wounds are not infected, but if they are, then we might need to use um, antibiotics either by mouth or 
just applying antibiotic topical over there to help clear up the infection. Edema is uh, swelling in the legs is a very important thing that we need to address, and uh, we want to make sure that that's controlled. And I know you had a recent lecture with uh, talk with Dr. Kettlecamp, who who talked about the venous leg ulcer, the venous insufficiency, and how important it is to control the swelling. Um, so compression stockings, um, getting the vein treatments, as Dr. Kettlecamp mentioned, there's several different things that can be done these days. Um, including injections in the veins, that's sclerotherapy, or treating them with lasers, or even taking the veins out. And that really helps um, the wounds to heal if, if that's the underlying cause. Um, once you control these factors, you again want to make sure you're putting the right dressing, as we were talking about it earlier, Dr. Arnold. And um, a big factor in the pressure ulcers is offloading that we want to make sure that we're, what's causing that wound, when we're talking about pressure ulcers, uh, the culprit is uh, excessive pressure on one particular area. So we want to make sure that we redistribute that pressure and um, we use cushions or mattress or mattress toppings, uh, things like that to, and, and, you know, changing positions um, to take that pressure away. And in people who have um, pressure ulcers on the foot, they should have right kind of shoe. Sometimes we do what's called total contact casting, which is a very effective way of taking that pressure off of that point. And of course, we cannot forget the um, underlying problems that a person can have. So if they have diabetes, and if we don't control their blood sugars, that wound won't heal if we do anything use any kind of specialized dressings or even grafts. It's, uh, we have to control the underlying factors in the host and the person um, and make sure their blood sugars are controlled, um, look at all their medicines and see if, if they're on things like prednisone and some other medicines that can slow down the healing. Um, we want to make sure their rheumatoid arthritis is well treated, all the inflammatory uh, diseases are well treated. Um, even their hypertension is well controlled, you know, heart diseases, COPD, all of that plays a big role. I think I read once that if you have a venous ulcer, your chance of being alive in five years is less than if you have a heart attack. Oh, yes. Uh, I would I, I would agree yeah. with you it, on yeah, that. Not surprising. It, not no. surprising at all. Nicotine. Does that, does cigarette smoking, does that stop wounds from healing? Oh, yes. You brought up a great point. Absolutely. It definitely slows down the healing process. And that's uh, the reason the surgeons want you to stop smoking um, before any surgery, because it will even in a healthy person who has no other problems if they're smoking, even the surgically created wounds, which are clean, uh, which are um, uh, will not heal properly. So uh, that's that is a big factor. We want to make sure that uh, you stop smoking uh, for that ulcer or wounds to heal properly. You know, you, you had mentioned the compression. Um, I just wanted to, was wondering if you could reinforce just how important that is. I know the stockings are uncomfortable and hard to get on, but patients really need to wear them, don't they? Absolutely. Yes, they, they are hard to put on. And I hear that um, a lot as well. Um, and truly speaking, I've experienced that as well. But there are, if you get the right size, um, 
it can be done. And really, if you start using it every day, at the end of the day, the legs feel so good. They feel lighter. You don't feel tired. You will actually get into a habit of using that and you will love it. So it will eventually become a habit. But initially to put it on can be hard, but it's it's really important. And we see uh, that we improve our healing uh, rates if we use the compression stockings. There's different forms available these days. Um, there are some that are easier to put on uh, as compared to others. There's something called juxtalites, which are also easier to put on. But yeah, that that is definitely a big thing. Um, you want to control that swelling because if there is swelling around the wounds, it won't let those nutrients, that oxygen, that antibiotic to go and reach the wound properly. So compression stockings play a big role. The one topic that I wanted to hit, you mentioned oxygenation and how important that is. And that, that, that makes sense. So what about, tell me about hyperbaric oxygen therapy, the hyperbaric tanks. Sure. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with those that Michael Jackson had one to, with the thought <laughs> that it might extend age. I can't, I don't know exactly why he had one, but tell us about those. Just tell us a little bit about the, when you pull that in, uh, and how, how that, how that happens and and what your experience has been in using them. Sure. Hyperbaric oxygen treatment is um, a treatment where um, the, it's, a, it's a chamber where uh, the whole uh, body or the patient will go in that chamber and get 100% oxygen. And that oxygen is under pressure. So what we breathe normally uh, on room air is 21% oxygen. So with that 100% oxygen under pressure, what happens is there, the oxygen dissolves in the plasma, in the blood, even more. Um, and that way it improves the oxygenation of any tissue, really all the tissues. But the areas that are not healing, either because of a lot of scarring and fibrotic tissue, say if somebody has... Um, radiation damage. That tissue is so um, scarred and fibrosed and it, it just, the normal blood flow just does, it's not enough for that area um, to allow a wound to heal in that area. So what this oxygen uh, under pressure will do, it will, it will uh, dissolve uh, the oxygen much more and that oxygen can diffuse through those tissues uh, where the blood was not reaching or the oxygen was not reaching before. Um, so that allows for better healing. It does um, multiple things. It, it increases the uh, blood vessel formation in that area. It stimulates the stem cells uh, from different areas in the body to migrate to that area to help for wound healing. It, it uh, promotes the growth factors that are needed for healing. Um, so all these mechanisms together, it just improves um, the effect of all other treatments. It's an, it's an adjunctive treatment, Dr. Arnold. It um, does not by itself, uh, if you do the chamber and you don't control other factors, it will, it will not help. We have to first control other factors, follow those nine steps of healing. And then if we see that uh, we are not achieving good healing rate, and then we select the patient, which it has very few indications um, to go in the chamber. It's very specific. And some of the most common ones that we do is 
diabetic foot ulcers when they are deep and infected, um, and if they're not healing by the um, dressings and all other measures that we have taken, then we will um, put those patients in the chamber after after a detailed screening. Um, um, and we've seen good results. It, it's a treatment which uh, actually helps prevent amputations and save limbs. That, that, that obviously that is important uh, and important to the patient as well as uh, to the the team there at the wound center. But sometimes you hear about Lyme disease and brain injury with uh, hyperbarics. What is what is the evidence behind that? Uh, really, there is not much evidence, and that's why we don't practice that. Um, I, I've heard that, and I know there's there's things in the there are places in the community because it's on the internet, so it's probably true, right? I mean, anything on the internet is usually true. <laughs> yeah, there is no data. There's not enough uh, evidence to suggest uh, that hyperbaric oxygen treatment will improve. Uh, the outcome in these patients. And there are risks associated with this treatment, um, and, and we don't want to put somebody at risk without knowing that we're providing any benefit to them. So we, we really don't recommend just going on internet and um, looking at the indications over there. Again, it's, um, it's a very uh, complicated uh, process to screen patients for this, and a very thorough evaluation of all their systems to make sure their heart, their lungs will tolerate these pressures uh, that we expose patient to. Um, so we want to make sure we choose the, choose the right patient. Yeah, I can't say that enough that an internet search is not equal to your skill set as far as healing wounds. <laughs> and I would recommend uh, a visit to the wound clinic rather than uh, Googling uh, how to heal your wound and uh, turn yourself over to this highly talented team at the St. Luke's uh, Wound Healing Center. Why did you go into wound care? Um, it's my passion. Um, really, when I was doing my residency and my fellowship, I um, saw a lot of wounds, and I realized that there is not enough specialized wound doctors that are taking care of these wounds. So, um, and, and you won't believe how common the wounds are. Uh, it's, we fail to notice uh, as general public and even as a general practitioner, that how common these wounds are uh, and how much suffering they bring to the people. So it's it's really just understanding the mechanisms. Uh, I think I wanted to go into more detail, detailed understanding of why what's not letting them heal and then try to help um, figure out the right treatments. Well, you certainly do a good job at it. Thank you, Dr. Arnold. Um, Little, little known fact that Dr. Sharma, I believe, has received the most guardian angels of any clinician on staff, uh, and that is not an easy uh, uh, metric to achieve, but well-deserved and well-earned. Really great information today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this. Again, this is Dr. Neeti Sharma, Medical Director at St. Luke's Wound and Hyperbaric Center. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.